Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of Timothy, My Son, as we continue to look at 1 Timothy 6, verses 6, and the latter part of verse 8, second part of the path to abundant living. There's a serious issue that I've seen too many times over the years when it comes to the idea of contentment, and that is that Christians ought to be satisfied with their status quo. I completely reject that idea. In the beginning, we read, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. I read, subdue it, and I take responsibility for it, tame it, control it, be good stewards over it, and grow it. When Jesus tells the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, he commends the two servants who have invested the resources that were entrusted to them, saw the investment grow, and showed a return of 100% on their money. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in the little things. I'm going to put you in charge of bigger things. I've heard a lot of sermons about this parable with a variety of interpretations. Everything from money to talents to gifts to time and beyond. The most intriguing one to me is that the talents represent opportunities. So the stewardship question is, what are you doing with the opportunities? Opportunities come as a result of problems. Every time you take a medication for an illness or some other issue, it's because others have had the same illness or issue. And along came a pharmacist who invested time, effort, and money to solve the problem. Every time you get a new item, let's use a cell phone as an example, it's because someone saw a problem and set out to solve it in some way. We used wired phones for generations. Do any of you remember party lines where you shared the same line with some of your neighbors? We went from switchboard operators to switching machines to computers and then to wireless in the home and then to cellular outside of the home or office. Bag phones were replaced by brick phones and then LED screens were replaced by LCD screens, which were replaced by touch screens. Blackberry, Nokia and Motorola were replaced by Apple, Android and Samsung. Really choppy sound and service were replaced by, well, less choppy sound and service. Since there's still a problem, there's still opportunities to solve that problem. When I wrote about 1 Timothy 5.21, I told you the story of the problem I faced about 25 years ago, cataracts. On the morning of my first surgery, I determined to treat this as a learning experience. When they froze my right eye, the most painful part of the procedure, everything went a dark gray so that I could not see what the surgeon was doing. My left eye was covered, so all I have was touch and hearing to know what was going on. Three weeks later, it was time to replace the cornea in my left eye. This time, when they froze it, the world didn't go dark. In fact, I was able to watch as the surgeon, you might want to look away now, as the surgeon used the scalpel to make an incision just above my pupil, reach in with tweezers to remove the damaged cornea, 
Use other implements to poke around a little to make sure everything else was healthy. Pull the incision open a little so he could slide an implant into place and then allow the incision to close. I remember asking the surgeon, do you have to crazy glue the incision to keep it closed? No, it seals itself, he said. And then I responded, wow, that takes an amazing designer. To which the surgeon replied, huh. My cataracts resulted in an opportunity to learn more than just about cataracts. Someday I'll write about my hip replacement and then my new reverse shoulder replacement. You're watching the bionic man here. So when you see a problem, are you to be content or are you to seek a solution? Again, opportunities come as a result of problems and opportunities bring about growth. When God puts a challenge right in front of your nose, how do you view it? The possible answers are probably too many to list, but here are a few. Number one, I guess God wants me to suffer in this problem. Two, I guess God wants to teach me something through this problem. Three, I guess God wants me to find a solution to this problem. Four, I guess God wants me to find a solution for this problem that will benefit others. So the question comes down to this. When confronted with a problem, which presents itself also as an opportunity, what would the Lord want you to do with it? My answer is also going to be verily, very heavily weighted toward growth, myself, and others.